Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets. We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. I love this time of year. Still light and bright, but cooling off a bit, maybe. We're celebrating that today with an episode with someone who's probably made me laugh out loud more frequently than anyone other than my partner and kid this year. It's Instagram and more recently Edinburgh Fringe sensation, Laura Ramoso. Uh, you know her. She does the impressions of her German mum and Italian dad and they're beautiful. Um, first of all, though, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I say it every episode, but I am thankful to you for fucking listening. All right. Thank you. And a big giant mega thanks, quite specifically, first of all, to my patrons who've been helping me for years. I don't think I thank them, you specifically, often enough. You have been through thick and thin with us. And I wanted to say um, also a juicy welcome to my new um one patron this month. Thank you so much. Hello. Um, patron is how this podcast funds its guests. If you've never heard of it, um, it's how uh, the podcast funds its guests, its production, it's everything. And without it, we don't get to make the podcast. So if you have anything spare from as tiny as two quid a month, 
do please go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. My patrons get mountains from personalized birthday videos to early and ad free episodes to exclusive content, discount tickets to live shows and more and more and more and more enough of that. If that's not in your list of possible things just now financially, that's fine. You'd still be doing me a mega favor if you just shared your love of the podcast into people's faces or DMs or even just by giving us a five star review wherever you get your podcast from. I have got some news. I'm going on tour. I'm in the middle of writing a whole new show, a stand-up show. This tour is going to start in February 2024. The show is called Metal because it's about digging in a bit, about giving a fuck, about trying for the love of trying itself at things. Come, will you come? Please come. Tickets are going to be released in early October, so not long now. And um, I'm in the middle of getting a brand new website set up. And the bit that's already done is my first mailing list. I've got a mailing list. I know, about fucking time. Um, But I finally sorted that that out. I want you to join it because you're my favourites if you listen to this. Um, And that means that you'll be the first ones getting access to all sorts of stuff, including, most pertinently, uh, I will put it out on my mailing list before putting it anywhere else when my tour tickets go on sale. For now, I think the best thing to do is there'll be a link in the podcast notes, but you can also, if you go to my Instagram at Jessica Foster Q in the bio is a link there to joining my brand new mailing list. Please can we do that? Um, I hope you're also following at the Hoovering Pod, the podcast social media, because that's where we will be putting out and are always putting out uh, questions to you. Then some of your answers get read out during these episodes. There's some amazing ones coming up today as you're about to hear anyway enough of this blah 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 let's have this brilliant funny episode shall we i have to say we've snuck this in flipping last minute so laura came over to the uk this year to do her show at the edinburgh fringe edinburgh went so well that it's transferred to a huge run at the soho theater and she had a bit of time in europe in between there and she is a busy in-demand star so we have turned this around fast producer laura has done an incredible job and this was recorded just days ago and Laura and I were both in London but she was tits deep in press calls all day so we recorded this remotely for her sanity but I like she would be later that evening was recording this at the Soho Theatre. I have done lots of Edinburgh festivals and um, it's a long old month isn't it and um, I had I had the opposite of FOMO um, about being there this year um, which I was taught is called JOMO which is joy of missing out. (laughs) Um, and the only reason, just I'm, I'm uh, disgustingly honest about how um, sort of stressful things like festivals are for comedians, as fun as they are for audiences. Please keep going, audiences. But um, the only reason I wished I was there was to see your show. So I can't tell you how flipping chuffed I am, not only to be coming to see you in London, but um, to have nabbed a ticket because it's flipping rammed, <laughs> taking over the world. I love it. Oh, that's very kind. So welcome to London. And. Um, Sorry, sorry about it. Sorry about the weather. Sorry about the stress. Sorry about the carnage. <laughs> Smells of piss, doesn't it? Um, but it's lovely to have you here. And please stay and come back. So normally on this podcast, we would eat something together, virtually or in, in person. And we're not doing that because we're squeezing it in because you're a busy lady. Um, so, I, well, I don't know whether to tell you what I was planning to eat if we'd met together. Shall I go through that? Yeah, please tell me. Or should we do, we could just do a thing where we say what we wish we were eating. I have got a coffee and a cake here. And I do I'm, wish I'm going to eat that, but that's not. Oh, what's, got, what's this? I've got crackers. <laughs> oh, they, but they look but, snazzy. They are, they are. They're sesame and poppy seeds. I mean, I really oh, shelled out. I'm nice. spending money this And what's this your trip. name? They're called 
I can't say Scrocky. Say it again. Scrocky. Scr- Shall I try? Yeah, Am go, I going to sound racist it. if I try? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Stro- Scrocky. Yeah. Turn it into it. You are being too kind. <laughs> you are being kind. Um, I had asked, because I think I did some, because when we were originally going to talk, you were going to be in Italy, so I, I did a pretty kind of vague thing of saying, let's just eat something really Italian. And um, I asked a friend, an Italian friend, what I should make. And she, I think, went a bit off the beaten track and said, um, I had planned to make a dish that was, it's just called potatoes, pasta, cheese. Potatoes, pasta, cheese? Yeah, but in Italian. It was those things, but it was also with like a base that had like onions and carrots and stuff like that. And the cheese was a cheese called provola. I had to go and get it from a deli. And I've never, it was flipping delicious. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so glad that. that. I I haven't had that dish. Is it oven baked? No, pot stewed. Pot stewed. (laughs) It's that. Um, and it's yeah. interesting. Do you know what part of Italy your friend is from? No, I don't. Okay. I just know her name's Caterina and I just blindly believed everything she yeah, told yeah, me. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. She sent me one recipe and then was like, this is in Italian. Can you cope? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. obviously not. So she, she sent me another one that was in English, but then she was like, actually, I disagree with this. And then the recipe started coming thick and fast and I, I got really baffled. I think there's a lot of argument even over how to make something just called pasta potatoes cheese. A hundred percent. I know a lot of people that wouldn't allow themselves pasta with potatoes. Oh, well, that's a shame. And they're losers. Yeah. Yeah. Please may you tell us something that you would have potentially had given the brief. What, can you eat something really Italian? Oh, yeah. I think a, a classic lunchtime spaghetti con uh, pomodoro and ragu. So just a tomato sauce. Very simple. Very Amazing. country, casual, countryside dish. Very simple. Yeah. But delicious. Country casual but sounds country like casual. the name of a magazine <laughs> yes. that I aspire to subscribe to by my fifties. Call me by your country casual. Call me by your country <laughs> casual. And even I, in my basic bitch level of really only speaking English and the tiniest dabblings of French, can work out what con pomodoro means. Mm. And I've heard of spaghetti. God. I've heard of spaghetti. <laughs> I can work it out. Oh, but you've got connections to so many places. Yeah, I had a pretty interesting upbringing. Right, let's talk about, let's get straight into this with a particular angle, please, on eating. Okay, so you have to know as one thing that kind of sits on top of my entire upbringing is that well, my dad's Italian, right? And my mom worked and he was a stay-at-home dad. He did freelance work occasionally, but was waking up from school, cooked. He's cooking every day, lunch and dinner. And um, everywhere we went, everywhere we lived, uh, he would always cook for us, mainly Italian food. So that's kind of, sort of the undercurrent of my upbringing as well. Is there was always a home-cooked Italian food uh, wherever we lived. So very, very cool. So I was born in Italy to an Italian dad and a German mom. And um, because of the work my mother did, she worked for the World Health Organization, we moved around a lot. So we would uh, spend the summers and Christmases, went back to Italy. But the other time of the year, we did six years in Cameroon, 
three years in Azerbaijan, wow. five years in China, and then three years in Vietnam. And then I moved to Canada for university. That was my upbringing with food in mind. Again, Italian undercurrent, uh, but obviously eating uh, the, the local food as well. Um, and I miss China a lot for that. It's probably one of the best ones. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Did your dad still try and cook Italian food in China? Yeah, at home. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Do you like cooking or care about it? Some people take great joy and some people, understandably for some people, it's about function and it's not like something where there's like emotions and I don't know, it's, it's not any more complicated than something that it's just providing fuel. Yeah, I take joy in eating. I take joy in cooking sometimes. I have to really be in the mood. I, I didn't fully um, get my dad's love of needing to cook every meal. Aida hates leftovers. He cooks every meal every day, new lunch and dinner. I do that sometimes, but uh, admittedly, I also eat out way more and um, don't cook as complicated dishes as he does. Um, so I love to cook when I love to cook. And then other times I'm, I'm lazy too. Yeah, well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. That sounds very balanced and healthy. <laughs> yeah. um, I eat out way more than I than sits right with me. Like, I feel yeah. like it's where all my, I mean, all, but the vast majority of my spare money goes on. Like, I've got nothing to show for it other than a sort of a full soul and belly. Oh, like that's I, good, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I guess there's less stuff in the world if I'm not, I don't have any art where do you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I also home. think it's part of being part of being a comedian. There's um, we are. It's a transient existence, yes, and absolutely. you, um, you, if you're working of an evening, you have an excuse to, of course, be kind of out and yeah. Where oh. do you like to eat out? What do you What do you go for? Oh, it, it really varies. Yeah. Like, so let's talk about just on Dean Street where Soho Theatre is, where you're doing your show. I've been recording something here all day. And I think it's really interesting when you, I associate this street, well, maybe at the moment you do too, with um, walking towards a place, but in a nervous way about to go and perform. But this particular road is like so rammed with restaurants it that is, I yeah. either have eaten in nervous too nervously to enjoy or too late to not yeah. be like so ravenous that I've got time to taste anything yeah I'm overwhelmed just on this street alone I think it's a really good example of central London and it's kind of chaos in that sense I don't know if Canada is like that at all but there's a place called Tonkotsu a ramen place on the on that is meant to be amazing that I've never been to mm -hmm. I love stuff like that um there's a couple of chain places I love there's a Rose's Thai yum 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 get in my face um I'd eat Thai food for breakfast I love Thai food Thai, very much yeah. there's a like a takeaway sushi place called Wasabi that is a massive chain They're probably completely corporate <laughs> sucker of Satan's dick but I love I love the point is it's yummy for me um what else yeah I think that well there's quite a hefty list there's also I mean you've got everything on this road there's a big old supermarket where you can get kind of short quick cold things that's yeah what about you have you like a, a favorite nationality of cuisine uh um again I also love a lot of different types of food I but yeah. in answering the question not that you asked this question but I, I've asked this question to a lot of people is what cuisine would you if you had to pick one to eat for breakfast lunch and dinner for the rest of your life yeah. what would you choose huh. I'll let you answer first and then I'll tell you my answer. So what would you, what do you think? Would it be Thai or 
think every single day. In this moment, I'm saying Mexican. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of different flavors. I think it's an underlier for a UK palette. I know one or two amazing places, but I think it's got like the things I crave in winter and the things I crave in summer and the things I crave when I am hormonal and the things I crave when I am like looking for celebration times and the things I want for brekkie and the things like it's got a bit of all of those things like there's so much lime and herbs but also big beans and fried fish in a rolly thing and a spicy tomato juice I had a thing recently in a Mexican restaurant I didn't know existed that was and I've forgotten the name of it it's basically beer and bloody mary together oh yeah oh yeah 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 (laughs) changed my life yeah Yeah. how about you how about you well i not to sound too boring but i would have to pick italian and it's because the italian cuisine is actually incredibly varied it isn't you know just carbs pizza and pasta but they eat a lot of fish um Mm. a lot of delicious vegetables cheeses and meats and i think you can get sort of everything if you want what a great way to put it you said there's everything for every emotion or when you're Mm. looking for a celebration or 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 to eat kind of like heavy or light it's got everything so i would definitely pick it up it's so true yeah oh amazing i think i think i've only ever lived in the uk and i think of italian food as sunshine food but actually yeah it's a it's a misnomer isn't it and i think we have a lot of um chat in our media about how the mediterranean diet it's very fashionable at the moment the mediterranean diet's great for gut health and um, you'll live forever you know and then (laughs) italian food has like it's never turned up anywhere and not been popular (laughs) it's it's never been like the cuisine that cropped up in a place and people went (laughs) yeah these guys need to go home (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it it just is good also not to sound too like well i do really think that the ingredients themselves are also different and a very high quality you know just eat just a tomato and you're just like wow this tomato is bursting my ass out with flavor and it just it's just um it's good i just sound i sound like i'm an italy lover i am but you know you are there's gonna be a word is there an italian are you is it Something a file, isn't it? Italophile. You're francophile if you love a f- France and Italophile. Itali- I mean, we could Google it, but we could. I want to ask well, you. Yeah, we're busy. Uh, we're busy. How was Edinburgh in terms of eating? I think it's weird, right? Because there's, there's lots of beautiful places to eat up there, but um, it's sort of so not why you're there. But I like know. you, I love eating out and I love variety. I don't leftovers like your mm-hmm. dad, but I... But that's born out of, a, I had a, an Austrian grandparent who drilled in a very sort of strict hatred of waste. Yeah. So I will eat things that are really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of how much I hate waste. So I'm kind of the opposite of that. But equally, like, um, I have a very varied life. Like, I love, and during the Edinburgh Festival, I actually kind of, I think because I'm looking for some semblance of stability and routine. Yeah. I do become a creature of habit and actually I'll, I'll probably go for somewhere nice to eat in the first three nights and then or afternoons and then go every day if not every other day there yeah and then make the same how did you no, function up there in terms of eating oh god um well <laughs> i think the 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 french was um challenging in many ways but it was challenging in a way of 
to where I'm sure you relate. Um, my show was yeah. at eight twenty every okay. day. And so, um, usually when I'm not doing, well, even when I'm doing a show, but I'm at home, it's so much easier to stick to my normal routine. Yeah. Um, I like to get up pretty early and, and have an, a breakfast and a lunch and a snack and a dinner. But the fringe, I felt like my schedule was absolutely disgusting. Uh, you know, yeah. I was just, <laughs> just not good. I wasn't expecting you to go all the way to disgusting. And I, and I really did. enjoyed that. And I did. I, I, it was, I, I ended up because th- Things happen after the show and you want to hang around and you want to meet people or you're watching a a late night show and uh, then you end up, I don't feel like eating a big dinner before the show. So I typically just snack, do the show, then a big meal after the show. And it was always like a truck, a food truck, obviously, because not many things were, I was surprised actually that not many places stayed open late to actually sit down to yeah. sit down it's and basically have... unless you want indian food there aren't tons of options in edinburgh for a for a 10 p.m dinner <laughs> yeah so i ended up having i can't tell you how many crepes i had from panquake yeah. <laughs> i made friends with the people who worked there um shout yeah. out to bella actually and um <laughs> and actually and i don't know if this is good to say but by the end i was getting free pink wigs like every oh. night. Yeah, it was, i was i went there too much i spent too much money there but that's a very i'm very proud of that i, I'm very proud of that. I would be smug about that you got like yeah, yeah you got like the celeb black card for yeah. this pancake place and that's i'd be chuffed a bit Anyway, it would be, you know, savory pancakes or a chicken wrap or a burger. And um, it would be 1 a.m., 2 a.m. You go to bed at 3, you wake up at noon because you need enough sleep. And it just, it feels, it feels, it felt crazy. And I wasn't well, I'll tell you that, physically. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Like, it's just very different from, yeah, you just don't feel, I felt like, honestly, some days I felt like all I could manage was, um, doing the show and nothing else i think actually expectations of yourself beyond that are a rookie error and i know that now i know now we know now we know yeah 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 that's what you're there to do yeah and you it's kind of becomes all you can really do yeah gosh so interesting but at least there is i think i did my first fringe in any capacity like with a (coughs) improv group in Mm, like mm. 2000 (laughs) Uh, not a good one it wasn't a good yeah, one yeah. or it wasn't yeah, yeah. um in like 20 2007 back then even like it was basically chips it was fish yeah. and chip shops that would be open past 9 p.m yeah. and at least now there are trucks that do i uh, whatever something else some other stuff yeah you can you get can a protein get... you can get a protein you can't <laughs> get a tomato that blows your ass out but no. you can get a protein, <laughs> get protein. yeah 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 understood understood so i'm so glad that you got some time in italy kind of just to reset my gut health in every single way my gut biome yeah. your gut health <laughs> whoa oh my gosh spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, dear hearts, this is me interrupting my own self to check in with you and your amazing answers to my listener questions. Most recently, I asked you um, what the most interesting things you'd ever used to eat something with were. And lads, as ever, you didn't disappoint. I'm starting with a short and fucking excellent little voice note from Esme Bumble. I used a twig to scoop coleslaw into a tiger roll. <laughs> Um, just really funny that's really funny thank you Um, a twig is so thin (laughs) okay so I mean I'm going to say I think this might actually have been the most fruitful question I've asked so far I can't remember the last time they made me laugh this hard we had a whatsapp message from Joelle working late in the office so we were getting dinner on Deliveroo ordered burrito bowls and cutlery Mm. (laughs) burrito you've made it sound like cutlery as a side there Joel Mm. but when it arrived the orders got mixed up and somebody else took our food cunts and she doesn't write that that's me that's my director's commentary (laughs) but we ended up with their dishoom (gasps) okay I mean to be honest I'm sorry for swearing about them now because I think no offence to your burritos, but you win. Um, They'd ordered a couple of curries and some bargies and they hadn't ordered cutlery with it. Couldn't find the person to get the meal swapped back over. So we decided to have the dishroom and find cutlery in the office, but nothing to be found. Ate as much of the curry with the bargies as we could. That is clever. And then she says, but lots left over. Had to resort to getting paper cups out of the coffee vending machine and cutting them up to fashion a kind of scooper. Very inefficient, very ineffective, but still managed to eat some without getting too messy. Joelle, you classy bastard. I'm so impressed at your restraint. I just know if I was properly hungry and knowing how delicious the shoom is, I would 100% have just drunk it or tried to suck lick it up or, or, or sort of on all fours like a cat straight from the dish. Your sophistication is an inspiration to us all, Joelle. Two more short ones for today. God, these are good. John Ball on Instagram says, watched a rather well-to-do lady eat a hummus thing using the corner of a book. <laughs> that is very funny. Um, he's also written, looked like such an effort as well. <laughs> John, I love that woman. I mean, but is it just me or weren't you desperate to know what the book was? I'd have loved it so deeply to have been a Jeremy Clarkson or some other toxic waste, which finally a woman has found a good use for. Last up, and I'm not saying it's best, um, but this came from Rosie Cowie, who says, going through security at the airport, someone had emptied their water bottle into one of the plastic bags, then attempted to drink from it. 
think that was a first, even for the security guards. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, wow. We all know how I feel about waste. So this has made my heart explode. I remember a friend catching me wrapping up and taking home from a month at the Edinburgh Festival, um, half an onion, taking that home on a five hour train. And I was bullied so hard for that. Well, it turns out I'm not the maddest person after all, actually, because someone rather than finishing their water from a bottle is finishing it from the clear bag. What a relief. Thank you for these dreamy answers. New questions coming all the time. So keep these answers coming my way. Head over to at the Hoovering Pod on Instagram or X or Facebook to see the questions. Let's get back in to this lovely episode with the iconic Laura Ramoso. Your stuff about your parents is so funny. I'm on a ban in my comedy from talking about my mum. I hope yours never inflict this <laughs> because your stuff your stuff about your parents and especially in relation to eating is so yeah. funny no thank you that's great i mean culturally there is so much joy deeply relatable stuff in that comments side swipes passions obsessions i feel like you use their your version of their takes on eating and relationships with eating really beautifully in your work are they fine with that yeah, they are fine with it. Uh, when I first started posting parent content with my mom, we had a conversation because I think at first, the, the character at first was, you know, was taking, and I still do, I mean, take things that she actually says and does and, and then just yeah. exaggerate them. Obviously now over time, it's grown. She's grown to become her own character and is still heavily inspired by my real mom, but it the, the, there is a bigger a gap being formed the longer this goes because i mean the character has to develop in in her own co- comedic way and is of obviously course. very two-dimensional and my mom is a three-dimensional person so at first we did have to have a conversation because it, it, it was this thing of like oh these people are laughing at me but we actually went through the comments together and um you you kind of notice that people really love german mom and, and mm-hmm. are on her side so yeah, it just took a little bit of getting used to, but we're totally good. And they, they love the characters and they're approving of the things and oh, they always yes. get suggestions and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's become fun. Oh, I love it. Well, well done. I think that early airing is a really lovely thing. I have, I've absolutely fucked up in the past and just sort of, um, sort of, sort of vaguely mentioned that they might, you know, something they said once might crop up in it. And then it happened in a show that went better than I expected. And then my <laughs> mum saw it and was like, and it, you know, and it goes on TV and they're like, I, well, I, my mum did the whole like, oh, well, like, I actually, ne- I mean, I never said that. And you're like, well, you I didn't make it up, but then I did, yeah, build around it. And that is, yeah. yeah. But now I'm just on a hundred percent band. So Bad news from a seven-year-old because he's the only one left. He's the only one left. No, I'm also on a bad. But basically, I need to make more friends. I, yes. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have any material. Oh, okay. What about this? Um, have you got any location-specific foods or things which you believe only taste right or good or best if they're eaten? I guess not just in a specific place, but maybe sometimes things you think things demand to be eaten in a particular way or time of day or um at a certain event or season i love to i think when you have when you sit down when you have a meal 
or when you decide to have something, if unless you're like out and about and you really need to just eat to eat, I love to like set it all up and curate the perfect bite every time. So mm. I think say you're having cheese and crackers, you're having a charcuterie or something. Every single bite should be taken advantage of to the most. It's like you're doing a cracker, you put it on your whatever meat you want, get on some cheese on there and the jam. Like every single bite should be it's it's not it's not random. You're not randomly yeah putting it into it's that you have to get all of the flavors together at once it's same with a salad every single fork thing has to have a little bit of of all of the ingredients so that it all explodes together i I really love that i loved um creating the, the perfect spoonful in terms of location specific drinking sometimes drinking a coffee i love coffee so much Mm -hmm. and the morning ritual drinking a coffee there's different vibes sometimes you want to be productive and you have your coffee with your computer or sometimes you're just like chilling and you have a coffee looking out of a window but something that is always the same for me is this has to be my biggest food opinion i guess is cold Mm -hmm. things have to be ice cold and then hot things have to be boiling hot oh i love this yeah so coffee wherever i'm doing i always get up and reheat it like 10 times um every morning it has to be that that sip cannot be wasted it has to be the perfect hot sip every time that's how i feel like curating the perfect i'm in awe of this restrained commitment (laughs) to the flavor do you know what i mean i don't have the patience to do this also i don't know i have you have you have have you am i right in thinking you haven't got kids yeah i don't have kids yeah that hot drink thing is gonna if you ever did be really really that's gonna get really annoying i I feel like that was the first six months of my son's life was spent next to a microwave just reheating the same fucking coffee or tea just again and again just to get and my where my bar was for how hot it needed to be for it to taste i now he's nearly eight i just drink it like tepid that's how low i've had to stoop that see Sorry. that really I can, sad. I, that is I cannot currently handle that reality. Yeah. It's um I just yeah, I need understand. it to be uh like for example last week I bought individual Activia yogurt cups Wonderful. for the taste, not the yeah. not the poo. <laughs> <laughs> and I set up breakfast. I, I took it out for breakfast and then I had to go do something like hang the laundry or whatever. And um I went back to the breakfast and then I put that yogurt cup back into the fridge and took another one out. Not that it had been sitting out, but it just wasn't perfectly fresh out oh of the fridge. Oh my God, this is I the just... funnest thing to find out about you. I love it. I really love it. But what about the things... I, I'm worried I'm, this isn't going to be good for your heart health, but how do you feel about iced coffee? Oh, um, in the summer... Definitely. Oh, okay, so that yeah. is fine, as long as because it's an iced drink, it's fucking cold. Yes, but I will always I will ask for if I'm ordering it, I'll ask for extra ice. And um, if okay. I'm at home, I I've got an opinion about if I'm at home, yeah. I will keep adding ice to it. Yeah, yeah. And is there? Am I right in thinking there's an Italian opinion about days of the times of the day for coffee? Yes, that, that it's like a, a kind of frowned upon to have. A cappuccino mid-afternoon or yeah. after a meal. Yeah. 
in a way that especially me and other elderly members of British society regularly do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, um, I will have a cappuccino after midday. It's like a, a, the sticklers will stick to it. But there's definitely, okay. there's definitely a cultural rule. And also, in, in larger terms, a cultural sort of schedule and rhythm regarding food in Italy that is, has been unmatched uh, in any other place I've ever been. Uh, everyone eats at the same time and has an idea of what, what are the times, what are the eating times, and how do you know it's time if you like... Is there like a public call to prayer? <laughs> I mean, Will you all turn and face away and in one direction and bow to the gods and bow to the of gods. the tummy. Uh, honestly, yeah, like um, Milan is probably the outlier, and that's why a okay. lot of big cities don't necessarily do this but it will be the same it's because the morning time you know people wake up early seven to nine you're you're having breakfast and then you uh, lunch at 12 30 or one because then the restaurants they close in the afternoon yeah. and they they close between two um and four or four thirty or or five even so it if you want a sit down meal, you're, you're going to be eating at, at specific windows if you go to somebody's house at 1230 or one no you're going during a lunchtime so don't either yeah. don't or you know be expect to be to be sat and, and eat together it's very you know eat something at 4 p.m and um they'll be like what are you doing you're ruining your appetite for dinner yeah uh, very very scheduled rhythm for eating yeah i love this it's an afternoon nap factored in yeah yeah so definitely yeah. yes oh um yeah, you you know well children, but you don't go mm. to somebody's house at three three thirty. Or mm -hmm. uh, children told not to make noise or play outside. People are sleeping. It's yeah. funny to me. It also tells me, you me. a lot about Italian bureaucracy because yeah. um, they'll have like um, the joke is that places are open, you know, nine to 11 every second Wednesday. And, um, there's nobody working there lunch four hours a day. Yeah. It's, it's really, really yeah. funny. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? And then, but now I don't know, like, I think we have nothing left of, I think there was a pattern here where mm -hmm. like you had a big hot cooked lunch and most people, like if kids were at school, they would often go to a school they could walk home from, but there would be a parent that didn't work other than as a parent unpaid <laughs> and there'd be like a hot meal at lunchtime to come home for, yeah. for my grandparents generation maybe that was the situation but then it just didn't leave room for any flexibility for all the different types of life that people have now exactly yeah I think if I have a gig in the evening if I'm performing in the evening and I have been up at whatever childcare o'clock yeah then I would need some caffeine now or well, I will have very little to give, but at 7pm or whenever it is, someone's going to ask me to be funny. Totally. Um, so like if I lived somewhere where people would be like, what is she doing? Yeah. It would be hard, harder. But I also have a very romanticised reaction to that news because I just like the idea that people do things together and that people know what's coming and that there's something that someone's put some care and thought into in people's on people's plates at the same time every day. And I like the pace of the sound of it. And I like the culture of the idea of this taking time and tasting things just sounds so fucking healthy and happy and joyful. Yeah. No, it yeah. definitely is. And in fact, I notice a big difference with gut health 
because it's not just the <laughs> stuff you're eating, but you're you're setting your body up on a rhythm. Mm. It's just really great for feeling good. So I'm a big fan of like intuitive eating because yeah. learning about that saved me from a lifetime of cyclical, pointless, fatty diets and yeah. just bullshit, really toxic, useless shit, really. I think, again, that's much easier to do. Ultimately, if, if it just boiled down to like eating what you want when you want, as in the sense of knowing when you're hungry, knowing when you're full, knowing the yeah. sort of thing you might feel like eating, like you're, it's not really the same any two days, but actually... It's really hard, I think, for most people with busy lives to reconnect or to connect for the first time to those to that intuition, because intuition implies it's easy and innate. And actually, it requires some real learning and yeah. trial and error, I think. But if there is a routine in your life and you don't live in chaos and travel and change and carnage, then that reconnection is surely a bit easier than yeah. if you're asking yourself to be attuned to that stuff through a life where every day is really different one day to the next. So I think there's a lot to be said for it, even though I don't live like that and have no prospect of being able to live like that. I love to hear about it. How do you feel about sharing food? Oh, I love to share food. Yes. Do you have siblings? I don't have siblings. I'm an only okay. child. Oh, well done. Me too. Oh, my God. <gasps> no way. Oh, I love it when we buck the trend. Everyone assumes we're shit sharers, but it's yeah. not true, actually. <laughs> no, it's not. We're, we're, we're good sharers. Oh, well, good food sharers, but mm-hmm. I actually bring this up as I don't like to share chargers. <laughs> okay. I actually figured this out with my husband recently. Is okay. not a charger share. Uh, <laughs> I want my own charger to be where it is when I leave it there. <laughs> But food, I love food. I love tasting. I love to get, if we're going out, I'm not going to order the same thing somebody else orders because we need to try all the different things. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're seriously missing out. If there's like, I've been in situations where you see like the four other people all get the same thing and you think, (laughs) great, what a win. They could all have had a little, we could all have had a little bit of each other's. Yeah, but that only goes wrong if you're the one who gets the, flip an amazing thing and everyone's like that and you're like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that people who don't like to share food i think that is a red flag sorry yes (laughs) yeah that's a great that is a red tent it's a whole red tent oh this is a new question (laughs) and that's caveat this is kind way to myself of saying it could be shit Laura. Okay. So feel free to not have an answer, but I want to know, okay. is there a food that you think is the hardest to, to, to get into? Either something really hard to unwrap or a type of food that's hard to peel or crack, but something hard won that you've ever eaten. And was it worth it? No, I have, I think something that is almost not worth it is bacon yeah. at home. Because oh, wow. I, I, do you have it here where the bacon package is like vacuum sealed the vacuum sealing the bacon i know exactly what you mean it depends entirely where you've got it from here sometimes one corner has been like is meant to be liftable upable right and you can just peel the whole lid off but i'm assuming at home you don't have that corner so it's no sharp knife sharp knife scissor it's like a a long and they're they're like vacuum sealed right so as soon as you open it you've got First of all, you've got this bacon grease already on your scissors and yeah. already on the side. Then you're supposed Ugh. to somehow take get the air into it and slide 
these long pieces of greasy, greasy raw bacon out yeah. of the thing. My other question for you is where are you putting your leftover bacon? You can't put it back in the stupid grease, the greasiest package you've ever felt in your life. Then you, when you cook it, there's grease everywhere. I just think it's almost not worth it. And when everyone's like, bacon's delicious. I well, especially if you only wanted one piece. Exactly. And then you've got like a log of bacon in your fist. Yes. You've got to try and find some new vessel for, which inevitably is going to be like probably more plastic, like a like a zip-up bag or yes. a, a Tupperware. But then, I don't know, I feel funny about putting raw meat in Tupperware. I know, and are you ever opening that Tupperware again? Are you honestly I ever mean, making... I probably am are you? because okay. of the risks I take for waste. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's <sighs> fair. I, I just think you, you have a hankering for bacon once every year and a half, yeah. and then you have it, and then you never, you're like, oh, I'm how am I going to eat this again? I don't think I can. Yeah. So I don't think that bacon at home is worth it because of the hassle of getting into the packet and dealing with the packet. It's my hot take. I've lived and I have learnt. Thank you. Quick fire questions. Apart from milk, what was the first thing you ate ever? Probably a vegetable puree. Like a, my mom boiled vegetables and pureed them. And my dad put olive oil on them. Beautiful. Any vegetable, like just any root vegetable? Carrots, potatoes. Amazing. Zucchini. All of it. Yeah. Glorious. Yeah. Tell me about something you ate on a plane and how was that? Recently, almost a lot of airlines are doing these like hot packet breakfasts where it's like in a cardboard box and it's like a sausage roll or vegetable roll. They've always got these intricate yeah. patterns on them. And I'm like, spend less time on the pattern and more time on the filler. <laughs> yeah. Spend a bit more time on the bit we'll eat. Yeah. Please yeah. spend some time on the bit that we'll eat rather than see. Yeah, yeah what are they thinking? Yeah. Somehow my seatmate every time never eats their packet. And I have asked them once if I could have their extra packet. Um, I'm proud of you for you. that. And what did they say? Uh, yes. They said yes? Yeah, go for it. I'm like, okay. Well, you don't have to be rude about it. <laughs> I can tell exactly. I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, their little phone comes out. Yeah, and they're like, um... Just film, <laughs> filming <laughs> you eating their discarded hot, hot pocket. Yeah. Oh. Tell me about any food that you were given as a gift. Oh, chocolate boxes. That reminds me of... the uh, We were at Sainsbury Slo- uh, Local. Uh, Sainsbury Local. Yeah. And um, we saw uh, though, something I hadn't seen since I was a child, which was this chocolate, this chocolate shells. Do you know what I'm talking about? And they're like yes, shaped Gillian's. like yes, yes. And I hadn't seen that yes. since I was a child, and it just reminded me of being somewhere that wasn't at home, like my parents' friend's house, and being the only yes. child there eating this um, chocolate shell. So I think those are pretty lovely. Yeah. If you drink alcohol, hangover, what are you having? <sighs> it's got to be something savory, cheese and bread uh like grilled cheese and i think oh, you call yes. it a toasty here but that would yeah probably... but we don't do it like you do it in canada oh, no. i've learned through my podcast oh. that it's a fried cheese sandwich yes. right yes With exactly and, and like uh cherry tomatoes uh, on top mm. uh, cooked um that's probably my would be my favorite yes. is my favorite yeah oh i think you've covered everything with that answer and i love to hear it what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten nerves you know, in it, in Italy, we have something called nervetti, which are like nerves. <laughs> cow, nerves? Cow nerves, yeah. like Cow nerves. Wow. I mean, just like anything, you just cover it in olive oil salt and eat it with a hard cracker or, or 
something like that. What does it look like? Like tendrils? Exactly. Like, is it white? It's um, kind of pinkish, whitish, and see-through, and kind of gla- glossy uh, and and chewy and savory. I had no idea that about this. Yeah, I've been doing this podcast over five years, and I've never heard of nerves. It's, <laughs> it's um, definitely like a like a a classic countries like just a something you would have on the table to add to yeah your like cheeses. It, like you would you have it on a charcuterie like with hams and salamis and stuff like that you or? would have it with those things but it's very casual yeah. like a country casual oh. i mean it's not like a you wouldn't have it at like a, i guess a restaurant on on a board yeah. but yeah just something to just some country casual country nerves. casual nerves. <laughs> I love it. oh and come on black pudding Sorry, black pudding is weird. Oh, black pudding. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And haggis it's is weird. That's weird. Haggis is so... Haggis is I'm weird. sorry, I didn't yeah, enjoy yeah. that at all. Haggis? Did you not? No, I didn't. Oh, do you know what? I love the seasoning. I love how peppery it is. But did you try any vegetarian haggis? I actually had because to put this in basically my that way. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I'm coming to see it, so maybe it's spoilers. But like, it, it's one of the many foods that I think, you know, someone who gives at least to a single shit about the planet. Like, I don't understand why we need to keep eating the meat version of that. Fair. Like it's, it's things like nuggets and, and haggis and like things like that, where I'm like, you would have no idea right. that that's what that meat that is, where meat that is, yes. who meat that is. We might as well have a synthesized soy planty <laughs> version of that. If actually what we're interested in is the seasoning that's right. and the texture. No, it's, it's yeah. funny. I, I, you, you, you brought that up. I have to say this is I had to put this in my show because some jokes get changed based on the location. And there's um, yeah. three girls who just got back from Europe in the show. And then they talk about where, where we are, like Edinburgh, right? And I had to put the show, yeah. well, they're making fun of, of Edinburgh. And they're like, one of them says, you know, oh, veggie haggis is actually better. Veggie haggis is actually better. Because everyone told me that. Everybody said, but it's have me. you tried veggie I'm haggis? Not- yeah, what a wanker. I love it. So now I'm going to feel like I'm in your show. But thank you for giving me the heads up. Otherwise, yeah. I'd have thought you'd have changed it to specifically mock oh, me. No, no. And I'm happy to be part of a mocked group. <laughs> now it's time for the big question. A monk who's been silent for 70 years explodes and all his trapped words and feelings create a toxic hell cloud that starts raining screams down on all humanity. It's a maddening apocalypse, um, but luckily it's agreed to have never happened. But only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, do a six-month Pilates course, but at triple speed and all in one day with no breaks and all the while you have to be explaining science to climate change deniers in 50 languages so your mouth is too busy for snacks. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You go down in history as a person who saved us all from a hell cloud apocalypse and your reward is the adulation of all people for all time as a place in history as a kind of demigod but your reward in the moment and bearing in mind you're starving from doing all that and you didn't have any snacks, your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. What would you eat? What would you drink? This is very different to a last meal because you're the happiest and hungriest you've ever been. This is the beginning, not the end. Oh, wow. What a wonderful way to put it. My, uh, it has to be a carbonara. Yes. Um, uh, my, my, mm. if I had to choose my dad's carbonara, oh, yes, please. Yes. Uh, to drink, I would probably pick a wheat beer, like a, a blue moon or uh, a, a vice beer. Who garden. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I, I would have a bunch of cheeses to, to choose from and all the crackers in the world. And then I would also, yes. for dessert, then I would have hazelnut gelato and uh, maybe also <gasps> pavlova on the side. 
Oh, a great, yes. Yes. yes 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 yeah. i'll have a, an alcoholic uh drink and then half yeah. sparkling water half cranberry juice with a lime and lots of ice mm. oh, oh so much yeah. ice Hoovering what a belting episode make sure you're fo- i mean surely you're already following her at l-a-u underscore ramose r-a-m OSO on Instagram. She basically owns TikTok as well. I should have mentioned that. Um, surely you're already following her, but if you are not, you're in for so much laughing treats. Come along with me. I've got tickets to see her live at the Soho Theatre this month. Keeps me thoroughly sold out, but it does look like they keep adding new dates. It's worth keeping your eyes peeled on that. Make sure you are signed up to join my brand new spanking new mailing list to be the first to hear about tickets for my metal tour stand-up show going on sale um in october the tour is from february through to the summer next year i can't wait um a link to joining that mailing list to find out more about that is in my instagram bio or in the podcast notes as ever and i've got a special out on sky or now tv or wherever you get your uh, sky content from it's called real friends i play a sort of past animated imaginary ice cream in it and i've only got myself to blame i wrote it yeah thank you for listening us on social media at the hoovering pod i'm on at jessica foster q send us voice notes pictures whatsapps to 07462855271 email us the hoovering pod at gmail.com i'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Foster-Q. The music is by Jake Yap, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.